and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is Kevin Folger. I want to thank you for joining me again today for Labors in the Harvest podcast. If you were with us last week, you know we're having a conversation with a good friend and a mentor, uh, Brother Sam Davison, and we're excited about the fact that uh, we get to pick up our conversation where we left off last week. In our last conversation, Brother Sam was talking about just finishing college and the influence of great men of God that they had had upon his life as a college student and a young man, even in high school, and his pastor as a, a boy growing up there in Perry, Oklahoma. Uh, today we carry on our conversation. We talk about uh, his uh, venture off into ministry and what God did in his life, uh, working uh, in his first um, associate role leading up to a pastorate. I know you're going to find it fascinating and interesting. So sit back, relax, and let's listen to the second part of our conversation with Brother Sam Davison. This is Kevin Folger. I want to welcome you back to Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is the second week of our conversation with Brother Sam Davison. And for our listeners uh, who are not familiar with Brother Sam, which again, I would assume that most people that would listen to this podcast would uh, have an understanding of, of Sam Davison and who he is. But I want to mention that he is the currently serving as Pastor Emeritus of Southwest Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, as well as Chancellor of Heartland Baptist Bible College in Oklahoma City, but uh, uh, teaches some classes there, continues to have an impact on the students, but also is out every week holding uh, meetings, revival meetings, missions conferences, Bible conferences, things like that. So Brother Sam, thanks for joining us again this week on Labors in the Harvest podcast. Thank you, Brother Kevin. It was a privilege. All right. Well, we're going to continue on our conversation. We were talking about your uh, attending Baptist Bible College last week, and we left off the, the uh, element of you being in school. You finished in 1967, and uh, what happened after Bible College? What, where did you go, and where did you land? Well, uh, you know how that uh, all your friends are saying, what, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And so many guys were going out and starting churches, and so I remember saying, well, I'm going to go to Enid, Oklahoma and start a church. Well, I just said that one day because I didn't know what else to say. Uh-huh. And so I was about as ready to go start a church as I was to fly a spaceship or something. So I knew that wasn't going to happen. And so honestly, I had no idea what I was going to do. So I had to go to summer school. And uh, the pastor uh, from Dell City, Oklahoma, First Baptist Church at Dell City, uh, knew me since I was a child. He's the one that preached the Courthouse Park Revival meetings that uh, got our church started. Mm. And so uh, he came and said, uh, Sam, what are you going to do? Well, I told him I don't have any idea. I thought about starting a church, but, you know, I wasn't new. I wasn't near, near ready for that. And so 
then he said, well, I may have something in mind for you because he knew me since I was an eight-year-old boy and knew our family and everything. He was from our hometown. So uh, then about the time I was to finish summer school, he called and said, I want you to come down this weekend and I want you to be in our services. And I said, well, I'm working and I don't think I can get away. I got to work Saturday and part of Sunday afternoon. I worked in the cafeteria and so forth. And he said, no, you come. He just, he, he just said, if you know what's good for you, you'll come down here. And that was the end of it. So I said, okay. So I got off of work and I went down there and spent the Sunday with him. And he had me bring a devotion to a group of men on Sunday evening. And then he had me over to his house late Sunday night after church. And um, then he said, uh, Sam, you need to come to work here. And uh, I said, well, I got a couple more weeks of summer school. He said, well, you get that done and then you start planning to move here. And I, you, you have to know this man. He said, now, you, you listen to what I'm telling you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I didn't know the questions asked. And he wasn't leaving much room to ask questions. Sandra and I are driving back to Springfield during the night, uh, that Sunday night. And I said, I think we just got hired. I'm not sure what happened there. So anyway, uh, it turned out that's what we were supposed to do. And I called him back later and he said, yes, I want you to come to work here. But he didn't talk to me about how much money I'd make or anything like that. And I said, well, okay. So when I finished uh, summer school, then we packed up, moved our stuff down there. They owned houses around the church property there. And I got my start in uh, middle of July of... Uh, uh, 1967. All right. Yeah. So uh, kind of what responsibilities did you have there uh, in the church when you first? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, he said I was there to start an adult Sunday school class. Mm -hmm. He had people, volunteers in the church, a good, strong church. It was running about 700 at that time and uh, or about 600, actually. And he said, uh, I need you to start an adult Sunday school class. And the terms there were this. He said, uh, you're living in this house and I'm going to pay you $85 a week. And he said, you're going to start an adult Sunday school class. The only people that can come to your class are the people that you knock on their door and you get them to come. Mm. That's the only people. No visitor that walks in here can go to your class. You have to reach them yourself. And in one year, if your class cannot pay your salary by their offerings, then I don't need you here. Mm. <laughs> and so that gave me a burden to go knocking doors you know yeah. <laughs> and so fortunately i wasn't paid much so it, it all worked out okay but <laughs> god gave us fruit and you know and started out i just turned uh, just turned 22 at the time i went there hmm. and uh, so i worked there with him for seven years and basically that was it the first couple of weeks we were there uh, he announced that i have two bus routes that are open we've got to have bus workers and so Sandra and I talked about it. And she said, I think I could work a bus route. And I said, well, I think I can too. So we went and volunteered. Never was a part of our job description. And she took a route and I took a route. It grew, those routes grew from eight routes to 12 in the next couple of years. And for the seven years that we were there, Sandra led the pack and, you know, probably averaged 70 riders a Sunday, stuff like that. And I had a good, strong bus route, but I was chasing her for the number one position the whole time and never did catch her. 
But nonetheless, we work bus routes. The interesting thing about that is that uh, if our bus routes were down, we were called in the office and we were in trouble, you know. <laughs> and I tried to remind the pastor one time, wait a minute, you didn't hire me to work a bus route. I volunteered for a bus route like everybody else. <laughs> and I got about half of my argument out and I could see this ain't going anywhere. So <laughs> I just said, yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So seven years and then what's going on in that, that seven year time that uh, God's working in your life. He's what, what's he doing in, in your life at that point? Oh, it was, it was amazing. I was so green and ignorant. It was just pathetic. And so while our pastor was very demanding and very difficult in some ways to work for, I knew also that he loved me. He loved my family uh, back at the hometown. And uh, I knew he was for me. And so he was patient with me. And then uh, he gave me opportunities to preach when he was gone. He did a lot of revival meetings back then. And so I would preach and I know it was just pathetic. And an associate pastor that was uh, 10 years older than me that had already been on the staff there a few years, he sat down with me one night and he said to me, Sam, I'll have more respect for you if the next time the preacher asks you to preach, if you'll decline. And I said, well, why would I do that? And he said, because you don't have a message. What do you mean I don't have a message? And I had an outline and blah, blah, you know, made the argument. And he made me, he said, look me in the eye. Made me look him in the eye. And he said, now tell me you heard from God you had a message. And I was so mad I wanted to punch him in the nose. Mm -hmm. But I also knew he was right. Mm -hmm. And I sat there for a few seconds. And the next thing you know, I'm emotionally breaking down and saying, I have no idea what it is to get a message from God. Mm. And so he started talking to me and uh, he said, how about we make this agreement tonight? You're going to start seeking the Lord. You're going to confess to God. You don't have a message. He's called you to preach. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to ask him to help you. And the next time the preacher asks you to preach, if you haven't heard from God, you're going to decline. I shook his hand and made that agreement. And I know he must have talked to the pastor and neither one of them ever said, but it was a long time before I ever got asked again. Mm -hmm. And when I got asked again, I, I had a message. I, I sought the Lord, asked the Lord, he's there to be found. Mm -hmm. And he gave me a message and I don't know, it's not like I became a good preacher by any means, but I knew what it was to hear something from God. Mm -hmm. And that began to really make a difference. So that, that took place. And then uh, the man that challenged me that way, he was there for the first three years I was there. And then he left and I was pretty much the right hand man of the pastor, you know, and I led our choir. I'm not a music man, but the pastor's wife knew what she was doing. So I led a 60 voice choir on a regular basis. And led I never knew that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. I did. And led the congregational singing and my adult class grew and really was productive in terms of providing teachers and workers in the Sunday school. And so just a lot of wonderful things happened. And then when the pastor was gone, it was not unusual for me to preach all day Sunday and run my bus route and uh, lead the singing and do the whole shebang, you know, on a church running seven to 800 at that time. Mm. And so it was, it was a great opportunity, a great, great privilege. So from that point on, um, at, after seven years, there's something stirring in you about pastoring. Is that correct? 
my pastor sat down with me one day. He said, Sam, you're going to have lunch with me today. And I said, okay. So I went to lunch with him and he said, uh, about the only time I ever saw him get emotional, he said, uh, I don't want you to leave. And as long as I'm here, you have a job. But he said, I think it's time for you to pastor. And I'm afraid if we don't, it's going to mess things up here because mm -hmm. I think God's moving. Have you been thinking about pastoring? And I saw what happened to other staff members that were thinking about stuff mm -hmm. other than being there. Right. <laughs> and they made the mistake of mentioning it. And then uh, they, they're cleaning out their desk that afternoon, you know. Uh, so I was hesitant, but I said, yes, sir, I'd be lying if I said I haven't been thinking about it. Mm -hmm. So he said, well, then I think it's time that we agree. And he said, if it doesn't work, you can come back here anytime. As long as I'm here, you got a job. So anyway, we did committed to prayer. And it was about two weeks later, he came to me and said, uh, how does it sound to go candidate at Bible Baptist in Stillwater? Well, my little sister and her husband had just been there in that church. And uh, they told me some of the struggles and the problems there. And I said, no, nah, I don't think I'm interested there. He said, well, you're preaching there next week. And he said, you're going to candidate there next week. And I said, I am. He said, yes, you are. I said, okay. And uh, so then the week passed and I went and preached at Bible Baptist Stillwater. And even though they miscounted and miscalculated, and I like four votes of getting enough to be called as pastor, they went ahead and called me anyway. <laughs> and uh, I found out about that after I'd been there a few months, and I told the church about it five years later that, you know, <laughs> you never called me. I'm here as a illegitimate <laughs> pastor. I really didn't get called to be your pastor after five yeah. years. <laughs> but it literally happened that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i went there in 1974 wow okay well uh through the years uh god really blessed that work didn't he wonderful it's a wonderful church yeah. it was uh it was not a startup but it was almost like starting over but i'm telling you god worked and gave us young families and fruit and we worked hard and knocked doors and ran buses and that's still a wonderful church to this day. I'm so grateful for the 16 years that he gave us that. So you were there 16. All right. 16 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. I remember going to that property on two and a half acres. And I can remember walking around. Uh, I was supposed to get paid $140 a week. The building payment on a bond program is 185 a week. And our offerings were under 200 a week. Mm -hmm. And I remember, though, the place was run down. It was it was despicable. Buses setting on blocks, weeds and grass growing up. I remember after we moved there, I walked, Sandra and I walked around the building there one night. And I said, now, this is where we'll make our first Sunday school edition right here. And which we did three years later. And then I walked around. And I said, this is where we'll build our new auditorium right here, which is where the auditorium of Bible Baptist sits right now. Mm. And I just, I look back at that, Sandra and I talk about that, laugh about that, and praise God about that, because he gave us a vision, mm -hmm. saw it come to pass, and that continues to be a vibrant, wonderful congregation. Yeah. So how did it work that you were moved, or how, what did God use in your life to move you from Stillwater, and you, did you know that your time was coming to an end, or did God just open up the door there in, in Oklahoma City at Southwest? Yeah, I did not know my time was coming to an end, and I could see me finishing the ministry there. Yeah. 
And uh, so what happened was uh, Bert Harrison at Southwest uh, called me and said, I want you to come speak at a workers banquet. This is in December of 1988. And I said, no, and actually I, I wasn't very fond of Southwest. I hardly knew Brother Harrison. I didn't really care to have anything to do with it. And so um, I, he said, uh, I want you to speak at this banquet. I said, no, I'm already committed to do something that night. So no, I turned him down. I couldn't believe he asked because he and I had no relationship at all. And so one year later, he calls again. And he said, uh, now I've already checked with your secretary, which was my little sister. He said, I've already checked with your secretary and you've got uh, the time open you can come and speak at this banquet it's on a tuesday night and i want you to come and i him hauled around and he said oh, your schedule is clear you, you i just want you to come you need to be here i want i just want you to come and speak to our people and i was just i couldn't figure out why he was insistent i said well okay i can do that so Sandra and i went down there and you know i spoke and I wasn't very impressed with the meeting or anything. After the service that night, a banquet and service, he said, have you seen the buildings here? I said, this is the first time I've set foot on the property ever because the church across town in Dell City and Southwest didn't have the best relationship, you know. So I said, no, sir, I've never set foot on these. Would you like to see it? Showed me around. We walked around for 45 minutes or so. He told stories and and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to him. I enjoyed listening to him. He takes us in his office and sets us down and says, now, you thought you came here to preach a banquet, didn't you? I said, well, that's what you said. And he said, well, actually, he said, I'm going to retire. And this is in December of 89. He said, I'm going to retire next summer. And I've been praying for three years who should replace me here. I can't appoint a pastor. But the church, I have a good relationship with this church. I think they'll follow my recommendation. And after three years of praying, he said, I believe you're the man that's supposed to take this church. And I just sat there and looked at him, couldn't believe my ears. And uh, so he talked a little bit. He said, so I want you to start praying about it. And I just sat there and looked at him. I never, I never said a word. And he said, you will pray about it, won't you? And I said, no, sir, I'm not going to pray about it. And he said, uh, you don't even pray about it, whether you should come pastor this church? I said, no, I'm not going to pray about it. Why wouldn't you pray about it? I said, because I'm where I'm supposed to be at Stillwater. I have no interest, Brother Harrison. I'm flattered. Well, I'm not trying to flatter you. I'm telling you what God's will is. And I said, well, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's God's will to me. And so he wasn't too happy about it. And I just left that night thinking, can you believe this? Well, two weeks later, he's calling and he says, I want you to come to our missions conference in the end of January. And I have uh, a, uh, a Friday, a Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night. I want you to preach. I said, no, I'm not coming, Brother Harrison. And uh, so we fussed back and forth a little bit. He called me again, said, I want you to come and speak at this banquet or at this missions conference, you're a missions-minded man. I said, sir, you're looking for a candidate for that church, and I'm telling you, I'm no candidate for that church. And he said, just come preach the missions conference. I said, no. And we were, he was pretty angry with me and hung up the phone. <laughs> Next day, he calls me back again. He said, Sam, I know why you won't pray about it. 
I said, oh, you do, huh? He said, yeah, I know why you won't pray about it. I said, well, why won't I pray about it? He said, you're afraid to. Mm-hmm. You're afraid to pray about it. And when he said that, something happened in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was silent. He said, are you there? And I said, yes, sir, I'm here. Will you come preach the missions conference? I said, well, I'll pray about it. He said, that's all I'm asking you to do. He said, I'll call you back in two days. I said, okay. I talked to Sandra and prayed about it. We prayed about it together. And we both knew, I, I just know I should go down there and preach it. And I told her, I'll go down there and preach so loud and long. They'll never want to see me again. That's what I'm going to do. That's how spiritual <laughs> I was. So anyway, I went and preached on Thursday night. And, you know, it was, it was in my opinion, flat and no life there. And on uh, the next morning, I spoke to a few people and then, Friday night, I don't know what happened Friday night. There was three times the audience we had on Thursday night. Mm. And then we just had a one night revival right there. It's just amazing what happened. And, and I knew, I knew I hope something is going on here. So anyway, it was after that, that Sandra and I then both knew we should commit this to prayer. And we did. And then, um, you know, the process started and he called and I candidated and got the call there just barely got the call okay well we're going to wrap up our our time together today at that point and so we want to thank our folks for listening and we'll pick up our conversation one more time next week so please join us for another uh, segment of labors in the harvest what a tremendous blessing to uh, have this conversation with brother sam davison about his life and uh, of course today uh, talking about his call from stillwater oklahoma from the bible baptist church to the Southwest Baptist Church in Oklahoma City and what God did to move him there and of course uh, all the issues that were in between but what a blessing to hear from these uh, men of God who've walked these paths of life and who have served so faithfully through the years. Uh, if you have not had the opportunity to uh, listen to Brother Sam Davis and preach I would encourage you to uh, go to YouTube or Sermon Audio and type in his name. There are plenty of messages that are there or go to the archives of Southwest Baptist Church or even Heartland Baptist Bible College and look up uh, Brother Sam Davison and listen to some of the great preaching this man has done through the years and continues to do as God enables him and gives him strength to travel and hold meetings. It's been a blessing to hear him. We're going to continue one more week, and uh, next week we'll pick up our conversation where we leave off today. Once again, we want to say thank you for being a listener to Labors in the Harvest podcast. We're honored that you join us, and uh, we're thankful for the opportunity in this uh, venue to be able to uh, have these discussions, and we hope that you have a great day. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. Mm-hmm.